Giant seats. Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and psalms, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods, y'all. The flesh in the world gotta die. RNC happened this week. There's whole big production. I actually think it was better than the uh, DNC production. I was too busy uh, uh, not watching the NBA. Ooh, for real. <laughs> I thought they were the Lou, same thing. Lou Holtz, former NFL player Jack Brewer, is like the NFL showed up to the RNC convention. Oh, kind of oh. what happened. We also have uh, uh, Johnny Walker. Yeah. Johnny Walker the Red. Uh, we're interviewing a guy named Johnny Walker coming on, on the show. Everybody's yes. like, you're going to drink Johnny yeah, Walker again. What, yeah. No, no, it's actually a real person. As a Presbyterian, I understand we have to qualify that. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. That's cool, though. I don't mind that. Hey, guys, make sure you guys download the app before you get this show started. Can, actually, can you just say do it right it again? now. Just say it again. Make sure you download get the, the app. app. Get the app. Uh, like, we got like thousands, thousands of other of people, people download that. It's a great place. We you also actually live stream through the app and everything, uh, uh, and and then you can get access to our club content, access to Toby's blog and our our blog right yeah. on the app. It's a it's really it's just a great place to communicate with you guys. Plus, also, we can't get canceled on our app. And if you guys are going to also show up to uh, Nashville October first through third, we already mentioned this, but we got Apologia coming. And oh. as we announced last week, so Jeff Durbin, he's going to be talking on what's this, what's Jeff Durbin's talk? Um, <laughs> oh, really? Is I, that, is we're going to do this? Yeah. Uh, how Van Til destroys? There we go. BLM, LGBT, and ends abortion all at once. I only remember the adult version of how we came up with. That. I know, I know. That's why I keep I keep, I keep going back to that. <laughs> like, oh, Toby, you say it. Yeah. There's a not also to, David not, Bonson. Financial advisor and economist mm-hmm. is going to be there. Um, his his talk's going to sound a lot cooler than what is going to be on politics or something. I'll, I'll give, I'm giving a title here pretty soon. And, and lastly, <laughs> thank you, Bonson. whoever signs up for the conference uh, in, in this next week and puts in by what standard? How did you find out about the conference? There's a, there's a okay. question. Okay, that says how did you find out about the conference? Uh, put in by what standard? We got a DVD of the film. And a book that's literally blowing up. I mean, Jared just—I yeah. talked to Jared this week, and he said this is just flying off the shelves. Yeah. Okay, it's a and everything. And, and, and by what standard? So I mean, gonna... Tom Askell, Vody Bakum, uh, Mark Coppinger, Jared Longshore, Tom Nettles—you got all these guys sure. writing it. By what standard? It's fantastic. So first person uh-huh. to sign up and yep. puts by what standard in the how'd you find out about this? Yeah, that's um, right. uh, It gets this free. Yep, we that's ship it to that's them. Awesome. That's right. A DVD. That's fantastic. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, as you guys know, uh, this last week the RNC kind of closed out their event. You know. They were. They looked so different. Just, just looking at them. Yeah. yeah. Did you Produ- notice production like, wise? Yeah. The oh, difference yeah. of what the, it looked like. I mean, it's a kind of a stark contrast between sure. the between the DNC and the RNC. That's one of the first things I noticed. Well, first of all, I noticed that, and I just you know my own pet peeve. Why did the black guy not have the audience? Was it Tim Scott the first <laughs> night of the RNC? He didn't get an audience. After the that though, Melina got an audience. Uh, who was a uh, Pence got an audience? Oh yeah, and then of course Trump he gonna yeah. get an audience, but the, he didn't get an audience. He got the Corona treatment. There's a lot of people but, that get an audience, but, but they did have a but, but they did have but an the audience. RNC yeah. a, a, as opposed to the DNC actually had audiences had, yeah. each night. At least there was or, one speech. 
given it to the live audience. Biden, of course, accepts his nomination. Does a little private room in a, in a library. To, to kind of an audience? Mm. Cars. Social distance cars. Cars. Where is this at? Some rundown no mall? Mask. She ain't got no mask uh-oh, on. Uh-oh. Everybody so- else does, though. She's social distance. But that's the... I think you got to look at this and say... This is what the new America looks like. Right. When, when you think about voting, you want cars, social distancing, wow. everyone masked up. I've not yeah. seen this video. Wow. Right. You um, can see Trump one time with a mask on. Or do you want? Yeah, the RNC completely different. I mean, there. You know, more of it was was. Um, I mean, less of it than usual was before an audience, but they had audiences yeah. at least each night. Sans mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's French for without mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, <laughs> like Alice likes to call it pasa. Pasta, no mask, no, no pasta, no, no pasta. <laughs> they all that pasta, all that pasta. Yeah, uh, yeah it, like you know, very, very few masks, and and then, uh, in, but in person, mm-hmm. sitting on a, on the White House lawn, like humans, like human beings, yes. you know. Well, and so a lot was said at the closing night where Trump accepted the speech, the nomination. Yeah, Americans are exhausted, trying to keep up with the latest lists of approved words and phrases and the ever more restrictive political decrees. Many things have a different name now, and the rules are constantly changing. The goal of cancel culture is to make decent Americans live in fear of being fired, expelled, shamed, humiliated, and driven from society as we know it. The far left wants to coerce you into saying what you know to be false, and scare you out of saying what you know to be true. Very sad. Very, very, very sad. He's not wrong. He's, that's what's crazy he's, about this. He's not wrong. The other side is overplaying their hands so much that regardless of how you feel about Trump, he's like a, they're making him a broke clock a lot more often than uh, yes. No, for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I couldn't believe, though, what he said in this next clip. In this country, we don't look to career politicians for salvation. Oh. In America, we don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. Mm. Whoa. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, as you're watching that speech, I mean, th- there was some play, there was some, there were some cringe, cringe worthy moments as well. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, he he says that, and then on the other hand, it's like the government's going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to do the other thing, and we're going to save you, and we're going to do all this. So I mean, there's there's sort of statism wound into it. While right. I appreciate the fact though that he said that, yeah, right? because. Well, and you this, still, and like you're saying, this still could be a a, a, a cringe worthy moment because of the fact I want him to know too that. He's not a savior as well, because right, so, right. he said right before this, Joe Biden, you know, is not a savior of America. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, right, but but neither right. neither are you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even better if he had said Donald Trump yeah, yeah. is not the savior of America. And, and one more thing, I wanted Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. Can we, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Almighty God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Let's creed it yeah. out there. Yeah. You just, know? just to make that I really thought, clear. I thought it was kind of funny what happened between the uh, DNC and RNC. There's kind of a Catholic duel. Going on between not uh, really. The, you don't think so? Not really. Is because nobody has been a stronger advocate for the unborn than President Trump. The Biden Harris ticket is the most radically pro-abortion campaign in history. They and other politicians are Catholics in name. 
In name only, I think. Is oh, Catholic in name only. So that's yeah. Coach yeah. Lou Holtz. Yeah. Coach. Kino instead of a rhino. Catholic in name only. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah. I, yeah I, mean, I, don't, I mean, seriously, I mean, like they, I mean, I agree with you. I wish they would say Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the Republicans don't, they don't, I, yeah. I mean, did they ever name Jesus? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I heard I it once. So. I mean, I didn't catch them all. Oh, no, no, no. There was God. Uh, no, no. One of the speakers said, God. my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the speakers okay. did say okay. that. But at least you can say that. But You would have got hauled off the stage at the DNC if you the said DNC, that. DNC, yeah. if you named Jesus, <laughs> yeah, you'd be in big trouble. I mean, yeah. a couple of them can reference God sort of vaguely. I, I will say, though, one of the priests that we're going to play a clip of soon did um, talk about being pro-life at the end of his prayer. Oh, so really? he did. At he the did, DNC? At the DNC. What? He, he, so that, that's, he moved. Mm. <laughs> he tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. This Wait, Catholic priest, though. I just though. wanted to get your reaction to that, given what uh, you know of Vice President Biden and what that kind of an epithet means. Oh, epithet. I don't think you should say that about anybody. Uh, you cannot, I mean, Lou Holtz may be a terrific uh, football coach, but he cannot look into the soul of Joe Biden. Uh, Catholics are also not one issue voters. Certainly, Joe Biden disagrees with church teaching on abortion, but. You know, the Trump administration disagrees with church teaching and all sorts of other things. So I think it's a really terrible thing to say about someone. He has no clue what's going on inside of Joe Biden's heart. Oh, can I ask you, sir, if um, the vice president's sort of public professions of faith, his willingness to talk about his Catholicism, um, the Washington Post actually did an interesting sort of uh, follow up about Joe Biden's faith and how that plays a role in, in the presidential campaign after uh, the president said about him recently that Joe Biden wants to hurt the Bible and hurt God. He's against God. They did sort of a profile about how Vice President Biden has been open about his Catholic faith over the course of his public life, including um, holding rosary beads and being seen to work seen it up, lady. Drum it up. Yeah. He Among kissed Catholic babies. Voters of all <laughs> ideological stripes. He sniffed babies. Is it you significant mean. that Vice President Biden has been so open about his faith and it would be a landmark election for him if he became president? Wow. It could be for Catholic voters, but most Catholic voters do not vote according to who's Catholic or who's not. They, you know, they vote Republican and Democrat. They're they're voting more for the for the issues. Um, but th- th- this idea again that that he needs to be judged uh, based on one particular stance that he's taking is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, I would imagine that uh, the Trump administration would not want President Trump called Christian in name only with the whole list of all of uh, you know the things that he's gone against the church on. We shouldn't be getting into sort of, uh, you know, divining uh, whether or not someone is a good Christian or not. It's just, it's you know, judge not, as Jesus said, and I think oh. he's a pretty good authority. I wonder, I wonder if you, you know what chapter that came from. Do we have a pastor from. in the house? Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. I, was, I was hoping that that uh, statue in the background of Mary was going to fall over during the uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> One of the angels is going to flick it. <laughs> this is hilarious because isn't this exactly what pastors are supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. He's conflating so many things. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do do we divine what's in somebody's heart? No. But Jesus says you will also know them by their fruit. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that someone who celebrates the murder of babies is like not that, a that's some fruit. Yeah. You know. I mean, would he say the same thing about you know the the fact that you had a you know uh, you know a Roman Catholic uh, slave owner or a Roman Catholic um, you know supporting the Third Reich? Right. I mean, then, like, then what, they know why, what's in their heart. Why are you judging him on just one issue? Right, just because he's an anti-Semite. Exactly right. right. Just yeah. be, just because he's a, a white supremacist. Just yeah. because you know. Yeah. Well, no. The the issue is is you are you you feel free to judge yeah. Mr. Uh, Martin 
Yeah. Um, you, you will feel free to judge if we're talking about some other issue yeah. that the world has given you permission to judge on. To judge on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, the left is not not judging. Right. They're yeah. judging all the time. Right. They just have, they have certain – it's a different moral standard. Yeah. And this guy is completely – I mean, and he's talking to a homosexual. Is that – Right? Is that a homosexual priest? No, she is. She's a homosexual. The woman that's interviewing him. Rachel Maddow. Isn't she openly? Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't tell the priest, so that's why I asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but the NFL showed up also at the RNC. Oh. Are you going to allow the media to lie to you by falsely claiming that he said there were very fine white supremacists in Charlottesville? He didn't say that. It's Uh a lie. So, So Biden brought this up. Uh, in his acceptance speech at the right. DNC last week. And he, right. he repeated the lie, and it's a lie, yep. full-blown, that, uh, that, that Trump said there were very fine people on both sides, right. meaning that he thought some of the white supremacists and KKK guys That's were right. very fine people along with the, the, the BLM protesters That's or whatever. Right. And so Jack Brewer, former NFL player, is, is standing up during the RNC saying, are you going to believe that? That's not but, true. But get this. Yeah. But get this. You know, do you guys know that I don't think any of the mainstream, MSNBC, CNN, all the, they didn't do any fact-checking during the DNC. No. 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 Uh, and, and they said they didn't need to. Every time it cut to them, all I saw them doing was they, they were clapping yeah! and cheering. That's our party. Yeah. I mean. But I mean. all through the RNC, yeah. they're breaking away every five minutes oh, and doing fact-checking. Every and, sentence. And so this is pretty hilarious what they did with Jack Brewer. He made the statement, are you going to allow the media to lie to you by falsely claiming that Donald Trump said there are very fine white supremacists in Charlottesville? He didn't say that. It's a lie. It's a lie. So this is one of those examples where the framing of it makes it true-ish, right? Because Donald Trump never said there <laughs> were very fine white true-ish. supremacists. He never he didn't said use that phrase. That phrase. He didn't say, oh, these are very fine white supremacists. He certainly didn't say that. Uh, but I think it's important for us to just remind ourselves of what he actually did say. Moment of truth. Following the Charlottesville riots. Hey, let's find out what he said. By white supremacists. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Charlottesville. Uh-huh. On one side. On, on one, one side, side yeah. and Black Lives Matter supporters, including Heather Heyer, who is a young woman who is white, who was killed by a car, hit, rammed by a car and killed. And she was marching with Black Lives Matter. So let's just that's the framing. But let's just play what Donald Trump actually it. said. Oh my Here goodness. It is. You had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Okay, so he said they're very fine people. They cut it off! Anti-Nazi protesters. Some right. of them were very fine people. Yes, also, right. the people they were protesting against who were the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, wow. but, you know, just to be fair to Jack Brewer, Donald Trump didn't literally say, well, there were very fine white supremacists in Charlottesville. He just said the people that were marching on the white supremacist, supremacist side who were neo-Nazis. You see what they just did there? The Tiki Torch marches that looked like a Klan march. The, among them were some very fine people. That this is I, oh, okay. So we're gonna, Man, that's like some twister right there. This is main, is, this is oh, mainstream media. So this is a thing. So now we're gonna okay. We're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna have to wait to third segment. So we're about to go. We're gonna interview Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. police chief out in California City. Um, but this is a thing right now. There's a what's happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Right. They are telling you a narrative, and if you believe that narrative, it will cause you to do certain things. There's another narrative about a guy named Kyle Rittenhouse who was there, Mm -hmm. and they have painted him a particular way in the narrative, too. And none of it is true. They've already been calling him a white supremacist. Go ahead. The people, and just zoom out. 
Yeah. Okay. Regardless of the narrative. Okay. The, the, the people who are trying to p- tell you the narrative yeah. are the same people who can't get that right. They, they should have right. watched the whole video. And we're going to play that for you on the third segment. Yep. We're going to play it because you need to know that, man, <laughs> they're not communicating. Yeah. They're painting the picture the way they want to tell you the story so they get you to believe certain That's things. Right. Yeah. We've seen it with Floyd. We've seen it with so much stuff with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And, and you. this is why we're here. This is why you need to get the app. This That's is why you right. need to sign up because That's somebody's right. got to do their research to bring it back to you and say, let's tell you what really happened. The facts. The facts. Oh, just the facts. How Should about I, that? And actually use the dictionary. <laughs> More coming up next on Cross Politic. Oh, this is crazy. Words. Johnny, Johnny, Walker. Johnny Walker. Words matter. Johnny Walker's coming oh, up. Oh, I can't wait. When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. Welcome back to Cross Politic. This is the Fight Laugh Feast Network, which is also the sponsor of the Fight Laugh Feast Conference. Which everybody should be at. Nashville, Tennessee, October 1st to the 3rd. Sign up now if you haven't already. If you're a member, you get $100 off. With us on the line right now, Skyping in from Cali, Johnny Walker, 28-year veteran mm. of Los Angeles Police Department, whose career included tactical instruction and use of force reviewer. Oh, this is going to be helpful. Oh, yeah. Currently, oh, yeah. Chief of Police of California City, California, Mr. Walker, thank you very much for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Also, a good friend of the Chocolate Knox. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you left that out of the bio? Yeah. yeah. How well, did that happen? I don't know why he hadn't put it in his bio, but, you know. <laughs> Come on now. He should put that in his bio. About actors needing that needing that pump. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he we met on a movie set in California yeah, yeah. Uh, about a year and a half ago or right. so. So you call him a so personal favor. It, it was one of the few times I bumped into an officer that didn't arrest me and that <laughs> I liked. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't catch him. Um, so, sir, um, we I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we could talk about, but let's just jump into maybe the most recent one that's been in the news. Um, as a 28 year veteran. Um, walk us through as best you can the complicated nature of the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha. What, what do you see in some of the videos you watched, and what, what you know? Help us understand um, what what you're looking at. Well, what I'm looking at, and, and just to be perfectly honest, that's extremely brief video, yeah. and uh, I've, I've actually seen two two uh, angles of it. Um, but what you see and what happens is absolutely tragic for sure. Not only for um, Jacob Blake, but for the officers, the citizens, his family. Anytime something like that ends in that type of, you know, result, it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the things I saw because of the brevity of, of both videos, it's really, really hard to distinguish what happened. Um, what I think people fail to take into consideration is, you know, what was the officer's knowledge when they got there? What happened after? Um you know, the, the video pops in and it, it appears to be, I don't know, it's well into the situation. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to go back to that. I mean, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. I tell I tell Knox this all the time, you know, on, 
on, on Sunday afternoon during football season, I'm the best quarterback in the league, bar none. You know, I, I, every quarterback on my team that loses, he did it wrong and I could have did it better. Yeah. So it's very easy to sit back and judge um, without any kind of training or any kind of background. And But for the average person to watch it, uh, is it disturbing? Absolutely. Um, is it disturbing for me? Yeah, because I know what's going to happen next, obviously, as the trauma to the community, the trauma to the police department, and not in today's in today's environment, the trauma to every department across the country. Yeah. yeah. When I saw Floyd, my immediate reaction was, we are all going, as a profession, we'll suffer for that. So, what, so, are, what are some basic principles, though, that we can kind of ground – some of the analysis in granted we don't know all the facts but what are, you know right. how how would you be thinking about that scenario um just knowing what you've seen so far how are you thinking about that scenario okay the basic scenario if i was there and i was the officer arrived on scene you know and i i i have this conversation all the time we we respond to those situations generally um we'll get a call there obviously someone called them yeah because someone did help yeah. So we respond with the minimal information we're given by the dispatcher, which is only given to them by the caller. Mm-hmm. So once we get there, we have to, what's our job? Our, our job is to preserve life and, and keep the peace. And if we need to, you know, enforce the law. So when we get there again with the video, I can't speak to what happened. The moment they, they stepped out, the moment you step out of the car, you got to be assessing what's happening. But at that moment, your first priority should be your safety and the safety of everyone in that vicinity. Mm. I don't know if you, you watched that video. There was lots of folks out there. I'm talking women, little children. Um, and that seems to be the norm these days where people want to come on and intervene. Or they just want to walk up with their phone and they want to get real close in video. That's extremely unsafe. Not only for them, but for the person that the police are dealing with and for the police. Because I got a guy walking up with a with a or a female with a phone in her hand, and she's putting it in my face. You know, am, am I in some kind of fear, or should I be alerted? Absolutely. So, you know, it's those things are really tough, and and, and the problems there are, or did did they have prior knowledge of of Jacob Blake? Yeah, have they responded to Jacob. Sounds before? like they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, JW, right. when I, when I picked up that clip and I saw it, the first angle I was like, okay. What is he doing walking around to the front of the vehicle? But the first thing that I, that the, the second video that I saw did, they're on the ground wrestling with him. And let's just pick up from there because you're right. We don't know what happened. What Something happened to the point that they got on the ground. So granted that it seems like they called his girlfriend, called for a domestic issue. He wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and so he was had a restraining order. That's what was supposed to have said. So they get there. The police officers have that knowledge in some way. Whatever leads to the start of this, they're on the ground by the time the video starts. And the officer Correct. is is getting up as Blake is getting up and walking towards the front of the vehicle. And so it seems like they deploy a taser. They got their guns out. And I'm dumbfounded because they let him walk away from them after that scuffle, open the door. And I'm thinking, t- and I've told you this, we were talking, there's no way in the world I think you would have let him open that door. And no, so I'm looking. Again, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, then it goes back to you're right. What I see is that they are on top of him and he he somehow is able to get up, mm. whether they deployed the taser or not. If I've got myself and my partner and maybe another officer there, the three of us are on this guy and now he's gotten up. That's an issue. 
obviously he is capable and and willing to fight. But there's only and, there's and only now, one officer though that's fight. But there's only one officer that it seems like that was engaging him on the ground, and the other two officers are right. standing. And I'm thinking to myself, right? It seems like this, but I, but again, it doesn't. And we had this conversation that, you know, um, where I, the way I was trained in that situation, we was call it the swarm technique. Three of us should should be able to take someone into custody who's even combative. Hopefully, based on everyone's skill level and um, their level of uh, fitness. So there are certain techniques, but then it goes back to, um, you know, what was their mindset at the time? Now they're fighting this guy. It's not working. I just tased him, and that's not working now, and he got up. So does does that heighten my anxiety and my fear level? Absolutely. And now I got a crowd of people coming around me of of, uh, ladies and young people so not am I in fear of them or am I in fear for them or both? And now do I know that there's kids in the car? We know there was kids in the car, but did they know there's kids in the car? Mm-hmm. And they are, are they preventing him to oh, is the what's your objective? Is your objective to take him into custody? Is your apparently so? Did you have enough to take him into custody? Could you legally detain him at that point? And now we're trying to prevent him from leaving. Because now is the thought of my mind, if he leaves, he's going to be a danger to the kids, to himself and the other people as he drives down the road. Because he's obviously uh, in a very heightened, raged state if he fought off three cops in a taser. Yeah. And so, so you're right. Yeah. And there's other tactical issues there. At that point, would I have drawn my gun? Probably not. But again, I don't know what he saw and I don't know what he knew. They say he had a knife. Could he see the knife? Was it his waistband? Was it his hand? Did appear so. Um, yeah, it didn't so seem like it. Do I at that point? Because can I use it? Can I begin? To, we we got to go back, guys. To when, when there's an officer involved shooting, it all comes back to the articulation of the officer. What did he see at that moment? What did he perceive? What are the totalities of the circumstances? And then, once the shooting has begun, they will criticize every single shot mm-hmm. was one shot uh was that in policy was the first one based on what you saw based on what you know okay was that yes or no the second one the third one okay now we're all all the way up it sounds like from what i've heard seven yeah so and again but that goes back to and and i can i can talk all day about this it goes back to the anxiety level and the fear level of the officer when you get in that situation and how many times have you been in that situation? How many times have you trained for that situation, not only physically, but mentally? You know, if that's a brand new thing to you, yeah, I know how to use my gun and I know how to press trigger. Do I know the shooting policy? I should. Mm-hmm. But now that I've started to press under stress, uh, and I've had this conversation, I'm willing to put or bet that officer really didn't even know how many shots he fired. Mm. So th- yeah, that was What's, part of um, Mr. Walker, what's what's the basic protocol for a police officer to draw his gun? What what must be necessary on the ground for for the gun to be drawn? Right, it, there there has to be a definite fear that this person is going to or has or will inflict death or great bodily injury upon you, upon your partner, or pro, upon a citizen. Okay, so. I mean, they even break great bodily injury down to 
uh, how many stitches. Okay. I don't know if you know that. Wow. Anything that requires more than 20 stitches is great bodily injury. So you you broken can... bones is you know, you know, Johnny, I have a little problem with that definition in the sense that it starts off with fear. So fear becomes our standard, our definition of when to draw a gun. And officers, fear is subjective. It's not objective. Well, correct. Correct. Well, maybe I shouldn't use the word fear. The, 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 your, your knowledge or your belief that that's what's going to happen. That's still they subjective. To, correct. But the belief is still right. subjective. Back to I, I, I want, I want, when someone's drawing a gun, I want some objective facts to point to in, in the, in these kind of scenarios. Correct. You have to be able to explain that. You have to be able to okay. articulate it. You have to be able to say, listen, I'm on the ground. I'm wrestling with this guy. And now he is reaching for my gun. Okay. He is now tugging my gun. Is that reasonable? for me to believe that he is trying to get my gun to use it on me. Okay, that, that, that's fair enough. Now, what about, and, and, and one of the things that we've talked on and off the, uh, off the show about is you know using the um, necessary or equal equitable force in the situation where uh, you know if, if someone is, is trying to fight me or punch me, well, then you know, I have the right to punch him back. Right. Um, should I have the right to draw a gun and shoot him in the face? I don't think so. It's just a it's just a fist fight. Um, now, if he's trying well, to kill me, if he's trying to up the ante and kill me, he's escalating the situation. I can respond with that escal- escalation. So um, I understand. Well, go, right? go ahead, if go ahead, Johnny. The, if you hit me in the face and you're a one year old toddler, am I am, am I concerned for my safety? Probably not. If you're six five two fifty and you hit me in the face, how many times you got to hit me before I black out? Yeah. So again, I, it goes to your knowledge. And experience of what's going to happen. I agree. And also, I want to back up. If the physical violence is being escalated, I agree. Correct. But uh, that could be escalated with one punch. Yeah. If that right, first punch right. breaks, well, breaks. Well, if I'm pulling punch, out a gun after one punch. Right. Well, can I articulate I was I was going unconscious after that first punch? Right. I've seen guys get knocked one shot many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Usually that Again, ends it, it though. Back to that, but I want to back up on what you said. Uh, it's no longer, as of January first of this year, the force necessary. It's not that that no longer exists. Hmm. It's the force reasonable. Hmm. Now that. it's become more. Yeah. So explain that. What's reasonable? Hmm. Well, before it was the, the 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 standard was: Did you use the force necessary to affect an arrest or take control of a suspect? Now, it goes to, did you use the force that was reasonable? So, again, there's another fine line. So, you know, uh, we get into a bit of I don't think that really um, helps I, clarification. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I, oh, no, I just... I think that, yeah, that causes more problems. Yeah. Yes. You know, J-Dub, we talked... the new law. Wow. We, we talked about this, and the, the, from what I know about you and from the conversations that we've had, there is no way that I, w- I would think that that guy would have been shot in that situation or wouldn't have got as far as he got in that situation. He would have come around. Matter right. of fact, he would have never been able to get up off the ground, from what I understand about you. <laughs> but if he did, there was no way he was making it to that door. That no. door would have been kicked Again. closed, and I think you would have had your team at least circle around the backside of the vehicle so that he doesn't. he's boxed in and doesn't have a way to go. So I'm looking at all this, and I'm like, there are tactical mistakes here. 
in this whole process. Serious tactical blunders, absolutely. But um, what does that go back to? What do I always say? Training. So I don't know how many how many people they have on their police force. I don't know the size of their force. I don't know the extent of their training. But we've talked about this also. Training goes back to not only what you've learned um, in a training setting, but what you've learned uh, with your with your experience in the field. Um, what what I have handled that different, absolutely. But I've been doing it for a long time, and I I have been in that. I mean, you, let's go back to how many times you guys think that guy that the the officer who I did the shooting. We'd have to look at how many times has that guy actually been in a fight? How many times has that guy actually tackled somebody? I mean, I played junior college football. I, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I would have done something. But, again, I come from an old school where we were able to utilize the carotid hold. Mm-hmm. Would a carotid hold have uh, been effective in that situation? Yes. But now we're talking about putting our arm around somebody's neck. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's no longer accepted. Now, going to George Floyd... I have never seen that used ever anywhere. I've never used it. I've never seen it. I don't know anyone who trains that. Hmm. So that was something that that officer chose to do on his own volition. Mm. But that's a whole different game yeah. and a whole different scenario. But the example is wh- what I have tried to kick. And I, we, we had this conversation last night. Yeah. In that close proximity with that, uh, 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 with Jacob Blake, I would never draw my gun. We're too close. Right. It's too would be too easy, and he's obviously a fighter for him to take my gun or try to take my gun away mm. from me. Utilized quite often in my in my career that front kick. Front kick's very very effective. Um, most of, uh, uh, people are not, are not expecting it, and it creates distance between me and the person of my adversary. So yes, I, I would have done so many different things, but again. And I, I, this is my mantra, um, under stress, and I've seen it played out and proven multiple, multiple times. Under stress, you're only going to do two things. You're either going to freeze and do absolutely nothing, or you will default to your training. Mm. That myth about I will rise to the occasion <laughs> is yeah. a myth, a pure Yeah, that's that's really good. So I, that's that, really good. Yeah. I, I, Train. What is that guy's life experience? Yeah, mm. I think that applies in so many different scenarios. It's, it's, I mean, I think it applies directly to what you're talking about, but I think it applies across the board in life in general. Uh, that expectation Correct. that you're suddenly going to be a hero, that you're suddenly going to be courageous, you're suddenly going to be thinking clearly. No, yeah. no, no. If you haven't been practicing that over and over and over and over again, that's right. You're not going to be able to do it. Um, maybe when, just, maybe when I was you, a training officer in the field. My, my my first question I would ask my 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 trainees, how many times do you, how many times you've been hit in the face? Mm-hmm. How many Zero times have you been in a fight? Yeah. Because, and what I would find, and I will share with you, those people would tend to get closer to people than that I felt was safe, mm. because they've never experienced getting hit in the face. Yeah. Because it hurts. Yeah. So I am not going to give up that opportunity if I can avoid it. And that's what I would try and instill in them. Oh, you're you're getting way too close. Yeah. And if you think that that badge is going to keep someone from hitting you in the face, you, you're sadly mistaken. You're already touching on this a little bit um, in terms of, I mean, you've been training people for a long time. Uh, I mean, g- give us like, I don't know, maybe your top 
three, top four, yeah. like principles where you think, okay, I've got a day with these guys. I've got, you know, I've got to, I've got to instill in them some of the things that they cannot forget. What are the top three yeah. or four tactical principles that you want people to take away and say, you don't forget this? Oh, look, can I add to that too? That story that you told me about training people in the park with the lady with the, the um, Phillips screwdriver, that probably goes right into the, what you're saying. Correct. Um, number one, absolutely number one, always try to slow down the situation. Mm, de-escalate, always. yeah. Uh, de-escalate, but officers in general, particularly the younger ones, and it's no knock on them, it's just the truth. Um, they want to do everything fast. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And, you know, when you get to be the old bull like me, you learn to, you need to slow, if possible, you need to slow this down. Mm. You need, because the slower we go, the more options I have. Mm. So mm. number one, I mean, you'll even hear that in, in, in sports terms, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I got a brand new rookie. He is the number one draft pick, uh, in the NFL. And what's one of the things they always ask him now. And I listen real close. I'm like, you know what? That's interesting. They ask him, what are you doing to train yourself to slow the game down? Because at NFL level, it's, you know, 10 notches higher than, than D1 college. Mm-hmm. So how do you control that? You don't slow yourself down, but how do you slow the game down in your mind? Yeah. So there's number one. Number two, uh, and Knox touched on it, is a situational simulation. I, I shared with him, we used to run these situational uh, simulations for these officers. Now, these officers that I trained were already through the academy and had to have at least a year in the streets before they came back to me. And basically what we did was try to refresh their, the skills that they've learned and make it applicable to what they've already seen. So you can't fake your way through these guys because they've already been out there doing it. Yeah. When you're in the academy, whatever they tell you do, you do. You do. And you say, yes, sir, and you move on. Yeah. But when you get out of the field, what you don't realize is all those things that they tell, told you to do now you're putting the rubber to the road. So now it's coming. Oh, that's what they meant. That's what they meant. So now mm-hmm. when I bring these guys back to me and I'm saying, this is what I suggest to you. Some of them, you know, they're going to throw the flag and go, so that ain't true. Okay, well, let's test it. So back to situational simulation. We had a simulation of a, uh, and, and we, we had a really good actor who did it. It was a, a small uh, statured woman, maybe about five one, about buck 10 and we actually at our academy is very beautiful so we had a setting where she's in a park so i say to them you got a call from the park um the neighbor across the street said this woman and again that situations have changed because it's okay to live in park now but <laughs> well it is yeah uh, in la for sure yep. yeah. um you they, she's seen this woman who's been living in the park for two days and she's in fear for her safety but because she's acting erratically and she's in fear that she can't care for herself and or could be a danger to herself. Okay, is, is that a crime? No, but do we respond? Yes, because inevitably, if we, can, if we can discern that this woman is a danger to herself or to others or unable to um, care for herself, we need to take her to some psychiatric facility that will put a 72-hour hold on her. Not a crime, but it's our duty to deal with that. So I tell them she's in the park, she's sleeping in the park. You have to make contact with her in some fashion. 
and go. Oh, and I give them a beanbag shotgun okay. as a prop. Okay, an inner, just for the record. Yeah. So they get into the situation, they're probably 30 feet away from this female, and they start out, always start well. They use good cover. Cover and distance are always your friend because, again, it slows down the situation, right? Yeah. Cover and distance equals time, and time equals options. Mm. So now they call out to her, you know, and she's faking like she's asleep. They, they, are, they call her out again. Now she rolls over, and uh, she's very docile. Ma'am, can you stand up? Sure. Everything okay? Yeah. Well, now they notice she's got a screwdriver in her hand probably about two inches long. Okay. Could that be used as a weapon? Absolutely. She'll even tell you she uses it as a weapon. And that's very common with uh, homeless females. They carry a weapon at all times because quite often they're victimized. Yeah. So they'll say to her, ma'am, I need you to put the screwdriver down. No, I, I can't do that. No, no, no. I need you to put the screwdriver down. No, you know, the last time I put my screwdriver down, the squirrel stole it. Really? And I need my screwdriver because it protects me. Okay. Ma'am, is there anything I can do to get you to put the screwdriver down? No. Now, our command for beanbag is beanbag ready. And the younger officers, because they're in such a hurry, now they're now they're getting escalated because she's not compliant. Mm-hmm. And they need to get this over. Ma'am, put the screwdriver down. No, I just can't. Put the screwdriver down. No. Beanbag ready. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're 30 feet away. And this is no knock on them. It's not. But it, it goes back to their experience and their training and how many times have they dealt with this. Now, you bring a guy who's got 10 years or more into that scenario, and he will say, ma'am, is there any way I can get you to put that screwdriver? She goes, oh, yeah, I'll put it anywhere you want. Okay, how about um, put it on the ground and step on it? Sure, I'll do that. Put it in your back pocket. Where can she put that screwdriver where she feels comfortable that it's not going to go anywhere and you feel comfortable making an approach where you're not going to get hurt. The point of my story is the more experience, the more exposure, the more times you've seen this, the more times you know how to solve it. Mm. So it's been everything. Yeah. Right. But, and what are our parameters on someone who's uncooperative? Okay, what can we really use? Verbalization is always number one. And that's the other, uh, another rule. Mm-hmm. Always talk. If you can talk your way, I would tell my my, my uh, trainees all the time, I don't want to fight anybody to jail. I just don't. And I had this I had this conversation with, uh, with Knox. You know, I, I got on, I became police by 1987. And the culture was different. And we have evolved. We have to evolve. It's necessary for us to evolve. But in 1987, we fought everybody to jail. Everybody. Mm. But now I learned that fighting people to jail not, not, not only injures them, it injures me. You know, I, I'm sore the next day. My shirt's ripped. And why? Could I, have, could I have verbalized with this person more? Now, if I have to use force, I have to. Right. But for me, that was always the last resort. So those are the things I say. Protect yourself. Protect people around you. Protect whoever you're – if you can go in with the mindset that I got to protect this guy and if I have to take him into custody, I'm still going to protect him, that's going to change the complexion of the scenario completely. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that we haven't saw, talked about at all in this whole conversation, I've enjoyed this. We've just talked about the facts and what's on the ground. We haven't even brought up the, the, the conversation of race at all. 
But that's exactly what everybody else has done. It's where it starts. And it has completely yeah. muddled the whole situation right. around this. I mean, never mind the fact that the narrative has been, oh, another unarmed black man has been shot. And it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> An innocent unarmed black man. It's like, he, first of all, this guy wasn't innocent. He was wrestling with the police officers and, and was a threat. Right. And had two warrants way. out. Well, well, and, but and who right. knows what he was going for? I think the Department of Justice has, has found a, a knife that was under the floorboard that he was possibly going for. I still, Johnny Walker, this is for me. I still find it hard to believe that the officer who was turning the corner with him had eyes to see that he was going for a weapon. He just knew he was going in his car for something. And so, I mean, and I he, go ahead. That's a great point. He's got to be able to articulate what he saw. Yeah. In other words. Say you and I, uh, Knox, we, we we go to a situation and we get out of the car and I see a guy with a gun in his hand and I shoot. You know, if he's pointing it my way. Let's uh, just make the scenario quick. Yeah. I get out. He points the gun at me. I draw my weapon and shoot. Are you just based on me shooting? Do you have the right to shoot? No. The answer is no. So unless you can articulate, yeah, I saw the gun, too. But right. if you say, well. They say, Knox, why'd you shoot? Well, because Johnny shot. That ain't going to fly. It mm -hmm. will not fly because you can't articulate the threat. Right. Because you didn't see the threat. I did. Right. So now I shot and say I hit the suspect, but he starts to shoot at me. Now the threat still is there. Can I shoot again? Yes. Mm. Okay. But can I say to you, but can I say to you, Knox, he's got a gun. I'm taking rounds. Now has that changed for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Based on your knowledge. Right. So There's, you're right, Knox. What did that second officer see? Yeah. There's individual responsibility. And uh, I felt he was going to go in there and kill them kids with the knife. Yeah. Okay. Did you? And so can we go from there? And did the second officer shoot? I don't think I don't so. I don't think he did. It's all seven shots came from the one gun. The the other thing that okay. I want to ask you about is right now the whole NBA, the NFL, ba baseball, NHL, uh, hockey, <laughs> even hockey. Oh my goodness, even <laughs> hockey. I know you probably want to hang up on this, but but so Canadian. There is this narrative <laughs> that that black men should be afraid of the police and that we're being hunted hunted down. And I'm not going to lie to you, I I have a reserve. Um, I've had very I've told you about these in situations with police that I, I know that I have to be on a particular type of duty to make sure they don't think about me a particular way so that I don't get a particular treatment. Right. And I know that that's the right. case. But have do you think that that black men in America have have some honesty to that narrative that they should be afraid of the police in some ways? I, I because of my training, my background, my experience where I work, I say no. Um, you know, I'm not, I can go to so many scenarios where, um, and I'm, I'm going way back. Uh, I worked uh, in North Hollywood. I went to a domestic violence in a very nice part of town, very affluent part of town. Um, the woman opens the door and she's, she's just beat down. She's got visible injuries all over. And she says, my husband beat me. Um, he did this, he did that, he did this. Obviously someone hurt her in some fashion. But I got to I have to investigate. It's my job. Where is he? He's asleep on the bed. OK, so I walk into the room and there is a very muscular black man asleep on the bed. OK, so OK, my, now my height has gone up because it's, it's a very big guy. He's asleep. 
I'm going to wake him up. And I don't know if you've ever been in a fight on bed. Uh, uh, it's a very unstable platform. So now my height level is really high. So I'm going to do whatever I can to neutralize this guy where he does not want to fight me as he wakes up. So I put a, 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 um, a control hold on him, you know, firmly, but I didn't like smack him awake. And I said, sir, I need you to wake up. He rolls over and he looks at me, he says, I can't believe it, man. You're just here because I'm black. I went, what? I said, sir, do you think I was driving in the middle of the night, decided to stop by your house, come in your house because I knew you were asleep and you were black, please. So I, I don't agree with that narrative at all, especially coming from those athletes. Again, um, for them to paint every police officer with that white brush, I can paint them back and say, I'll bet money there's none of those athletes that have ever been mistreated since they were children because everybody knew that they were going to be superstar athletes. <laughs> so, you know, I say that about all of them. Would that be fair? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where they've been. I don't know the path that they've walked, yeah. but that would be absolutely unfair. And my question again would be, what is your experience and what is your training as a police officer? And most of all, have you ever put your life on the line for anybody or anything? Mm. So before you can tell me about that, Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because I, I and maybe this is uh, offensive, but I always say this is my mantra as well. I don't take diet tips from a fat guy. <laughs> so I'm not going to listen to what you say unless you can tell me where you've been first. So I think you have some credibility. Mm. So, you know, and again, I'm not going to play basketball today. Really? <laughs> really? Is that is that your stance on this situation? Right. How about taking those millions of dollars that you make? and put it into more training for the police or more uh, community-based events where we can come together. And, and, and there's another thing, community-based policing is, is invaluable. And LAPD is, when I was there, was at the forefront of that. We were at the forefront of making that evolution to, and I, I say this all the time to Knox, back when I came on, it was, you know what? This is police business, go back to your house. That was our attitude which it was completely wrong. Mm. Although, more, more, moreover, should we try to enroll and engage them? Yes, this guy just got shot on the corner. This is your neighborhood. You know who lives here. Mm. We would love for you, and I would give them ways, you know, if you want to anonymously call me and tell me what happened here, or if you can help me solve this, I want to make your neighborhood better. Doesn't that sound so much better? And doesn't it work better? Man, that changes, Isn't it more effective? That changes everything. Yeah. Johnny Walker, man, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. We could talk all day. Yeah, I know. We really could. <laughs> hey, I, I want to ask you if you oh, come back on. Yeah. <laughs> you're just getting warmed up, but I'm going to cut you off. We're going to have to save it for another time, brother. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll, I hope you come back on. I'd love to talk to you some more about other things. Uh, I, think we should go down to, I think we should go down to L.A. and, and find... Do a little shoot down yeah. there. We should yeah. sit down with Johnny and, yeah. and do a longer talk. Yeah, Cali City has a good police okay. chief. Yeah, I love I you, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> and I think it's pretty... All right. Thanks, man. Hold on. We'll talk afterwards. More Cross Politic coming up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. 
Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. I'm so giddy. Because you, because I wish you was our police chief. Because you had Johnny Walker on. Well, that too. But you ever been in a fight and you know you like you see their punches and you can't wait to throw yours because you know it's going to knock them out. Uh oh. That's how I feel about the clip we're about to play next. But I, I wait. I wait. Uh, I wait. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. <laughs> so good. Okay. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. This segment is brought to you by the good folks, the fine folks, the very fine folks. Yes, the very fine folks. Uh, especially Dr. Ben Bowen at Moscow Family Dentistry. Yes. Moscow Family Dentistry has been supporting CrossPolitik for, I can't remember how long. For a minute. Uh, for a minute. And Dr. Seconds? Bowen, Dr. Bowen, he goes back. I mean, he's a Logos grad. Yeah. Um, he's been in the community for a long time. He's now a Greyfriar student. Yeah, he and he can work on your teeth. Um, we take our family he'll, he'll there. He'll pray over your teeth and then work on them. Yeah. Um, oh. you know, he, so he's a Moscow native, longtime resident, yep. and we've been taking our kids. Have you been taking your kids there? Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. been taking my kids there. Yeah. I even went there. I haven't, I haven't been to the dentist in like forever. <laughs> and he said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I was like, hey. I ain't been in dentist for like nine years, and I went to Moscow family, and they were like, oh. You're looking all right. Yeah. What you doing? <laughs> he actually fixed you like, up one I was time. like, lot, you know, Scotch cleans the teeth. Yeah. You, you know, right. You actually yeah. busted up your front tooth, and he fixed you up right oh, before we had right. to do a show. Right. We had a show right. one time. That's when we started. That was when the like the second month we were on TV or something. Oh man, we started uh, doing TV. With anyways, our, check out Thank you, Dr. Dr. Ben Bowen. Bowen, Moscow Family Dentistry. Go see them for all your dental needs. They're good people. It's great. Okay, so before we jump in, <laughs> okay, set this back up again. <laughs> so, so. You know, hold hold together what we just talked about. You know, with with Johnny Walker, hold that, hold off to the side for a yeah. second. We're, we're going to get back there. We're going to come back yep. to that. But remember when we left off in the first segment, um, you got you know Rachel Maddow and I don't know her friends um, responding to Jack Brewer. Yeah, saying yeah. busy bees. Yeah, they're li- that, that, that you're going to believe the the lies. Yeah, uh, the slander that that President Trump said they're very fine people on on, uh, on both sides. Now, to use their line. Technically, it's truish <laughs> it's that he said there are very fine people on both sides. But there's this, this thing in, in, I don't know, in, in, in life that we call context. Mm. And, and words have Who meaning. Who are those people? So, hey, let's just let's hear it from himself. You, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. Mm. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. Yeah. You had a group. You had a group on the other side. That came charging in without a permit, and they were very, very violent. I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists by any stretch. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with with the black outfits, and with the helmets and with the baseball bats, you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. 
This I, you can't I, be clearer. We've that. covered this. This is our yeah. uh, yeah. fourth time I think yeah. talking yeah. about and covering yeah. this. Third or fourth, yeah. And it's amazing to me just how much traction it gets because everybody wants to believe right. that Trump really is a racist. Right. And he says some things before that I'd be like, hey, mm, yeah. maybe the time and era he came from he can't really say. Yeah. But but this one is like right. Right I, he's completely he's exonerated. It so clearly he said it so clear. Look, you have a group of people who came there who didn't want to remove the statue. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you had a group of people who were marching who absolutely wanted to remove the statue. Right. Those are the two people yeah. that are fine folks that are in these right. two different and, courts and sides. And, and I believe it's in the same the same um, thing where he's asking if the statue should be removed same or not. Thing. He actually says in the same press conference is. that should be left up to local, local decision. Yeah, that's the right. city should make their own decisions. Yeah. Yep. So you should have a vote and that's figure That's not the federal government's job. Uh, he says un- unless, unless it's a federal statute. Exactly. But it needs to be left up to the basic, you know, it shouldn't be done by mobs. That's right. his point. Right. But the thing that's being conflated in all this with that MSNBC panel truth checking fact checking rnc is that they're conflating in two different directions in one direction they're conflating anybody who happened to think i don't think we should tear down this statue right. that's being conflated with white, the white supremacy, white supremacists that's right. and ku klux klan exactly okay yep. um, but what they're not doing or what you know what they're conflating in the other direction is is, is Trump all goodness out, on the black lives matter yep. side everybody there, there was innocent. there were thugs on that side but that all gets conflated into peaceful protest that's fiery right. Peaceful protests. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's you know, right. other than the play, that, you know, Lincoln had a great time. <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> right. If, if, yeah. Apart from a few, she was. We, other than slavery, everything was pretty good. Uh, all, except for the shooting, <laughs> yeah. it was it was a pretty peaceful play. Yeah. All right, so we, we fact-checked them, okay? Make sure you put a marker in this little segment, this, tweet it out, we this, fact-checked it. I just it. want to say one more thing now yeah. about this, because this is, this is very important. I was trying to turn the corner. I know, I know. You, I this know is you, third you, segment, Gabe. We don't care about don't care time about, anymore. No it doesn't matter. <laughs> Here's something. I, I know people in this business. I've been in this business where you have to be the producer who grabs the clip. Right. Producers watch all of it. Yeah. They don't just grab pieces. Right. So when I see something like this, knowing the industry, oh, they I, know what they're this doing. This is extremely intentional. Yes. Because wow. what they, what a producer does is make sure the person who's on front doesn't get caught with his pants down mm. and says something and pushes a narrative mm. so that they don't get hit later. Except, except they're they they're not wearing anything. They they. The emperor is naked. They are absolutely not caring 100% about this. No, they don't care. And they are there to control your mind on this. Yeah. You know, they really do. That's what they want to do. You know, just in case anybody thinks we're just rah-rah cheerleading for the RNC, the Republican Party, and Donald Trump, I I do want to point out that um, these folks did say some terrible, awful things. Oh, absolutely. Pence among them. When asked whether he'd support cutting funding to law enforcement, Joe Biden replied, yes. Absolutely. Bad. That's bad. That's bad. Joe Biden would double down on the very policies that are leading to violence in America's cities. Ooh, that's true. The hard truth is you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. And under President Trump, we will always stand with those who stand on the thin blue line, and we're not going to defund the police. Not now, not ever. Wow. Why are they cheering? Well, here's the thing. I don't mind Trump using the bully pulpit to defend police. Yeah. I don't mind him cheering them on, and I don't mind him encouraging states and cities right. to stand behind their police. Right. Yeah. 
but the the the, the thing he is, he conflated something too. The thing that he's yeah. conflating though is, is, what in the world does the federal government have to do with funding the police? That's right. Yep. Economically, financially, unless if, they're going to create a federal task force, unless <laughs> unless they're going to start using federal funds to to do yeah. the police. But that means what you end up with then is a completely state-run police. Well, what, what, what Pence really should have said was, we want to be the kind of people that show that good law enforcement and good law and order is the way that we love our neighbor. Yeah, and we and keep so, our city safe. And so what we want to do is that when we win a governor or we win a mayor, we want to say, this is how we, we want to run our cities like this. This right. is how we, So that when they defund their police right. and they, their cities fall apart, there will be a beacon of light for what it looks like right. to have God-fearing men leading us and protecting right. our people, right. Right. right? But he doesn't want to take the authority to the federal government and, and nationalize the police force. Right, and, we, that, and that was what, <laughs> even in Trump's speech, I think there was, there was hints of that. Even though where he says, you know, we don't look to the state as our savior, we don't look to, you know, Joe Biden as our savior, we look to God Almighty, I appreciate that. But then there's other places where he's talking about whether, you know, we're going to fund the police, we're not going to fund the police. That's not your job. And we take this, the reason that I think we sucker up for this so much is because the other side says, I want to defund your police. Right. And, and we say, yeah. we can't let them do that. Yeah, right. We got to yeah. fund the police. Right. And, and, and we, we do this. We let the Democrats and the liberals do this to yeah, us where they, us they run us yeah. down a corridor right. and then we just respond and we walk right into the trap they wanted yeah. us to walk into. And then they into. just wait for, for right. themselves to get because into power. Because as soon as we say the feds fund the police, now right. you just handed the, the button to them. Yeah. And when, when the next crazy gets into office, he can hit defund yep. or he can say actually i'm going to send the police in and in, into all the cities and make them do whatever i want them to yeah, do like wear masks whatever right? because yeah. this is the thing we yeah. just got done hearing biden at the end of his uh the the dnc say right. i would have mandated shutdowns right yeah. <laughs> well yep. if the federal government has authority over a state yep. in that way right then that's a scary thing for all of us i, I do think um pence would probably agree with us I, you know, yeah, I, but he I, needs to talk. I like think he it. just wasn't careful. He, yeah, he needs to yeah, talk like for sure, it. for sure, because that scares me. Well, but but the problem is, you have all these cities, democratic, democratically run cities nationwide: Baltimore, Seattle. Yeah, you know, you go down the list, and there really is violence taking over those cities. Portland, absolutely. Portland's yeah. been going on for like seventy days or something, right? Yeah. Eighty days. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I I guess I don't have a necessarily a problem with him making that statement. Maybe he could have. Pushed it a little further, but like we, but, he's, but, he's representing Republicans and he's Trump, saying we don't want to defend, uh, right. defund police. Yeah, I, I, I so. know, but Trump's speech was full of we're going to create all these jobs. Yeah. It is not the federal, jo- yeah. Yeah. federal yeah. government. Right. It's not your job to create jobs. Yeah, right. We're going to have insurance for everybody. It's not, well, job. not uh, socialized, but you know, don't worry. Yeah, Pre existing right. conditions are going right. to be covered. That's not your job, Donald yeah. Trump. You're acting like you're the savior. Yeah. Well, this, you, but, sa- you said it, the government's not the savior. But yeah. you're but acting like it is. That's the hypocrisy. Uh, of Social it. Security. He says Social Security will never be defunded under me. Yeah. Okay. Look, that's a failure. Yeah. That was one of the darker moments, the creation of Social Security. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. if the RNC mentions Abraham Lincoln one more time as a I'm, good guy, oh my I'm going to puke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Abraham Lincoln was not a hero. Yeah, right. Okay. Why are we right. here? Yeah. Can I ask you that question? Yeah, Why are well, we here? Because we actually had the real Revolutionary War at, at, at his time, the, the Civil War. That was, you know, everybody yeah. thinks that we had a Revolutionary War. Yeah. This is I, look, I can't. Not you have to we're go downhill get, of that. 
the history conferences from Grace Agenda years ago, yeah. it is the most valuable tool you have to understand. Everybody, and I don't mind these people hitting on Black Lives Matter and all that narrative. The problem that I see with people who are trying to give people tools to understand what's happening with Black Lives Matter is that they still need to dig a lot deeper what's underneath that because that same foundation that's funding Black Lives Matter and what they're doing mm-hmm. is also funding Republicans and conservatives and what they're doing. And nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. Education, right. health and welfare, right. all that stuff. I mean, how did we get here? Right. Republicans keep voting for government schools. Government schools is socialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, exactly that's right. just one example. Mm-hmm. But it's just, and, but, and all the Republicans are going are falling into it. But a, and right a lot of it yeah. goes back to old Abe. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there was there's it, it's way more complicated than we can hit right here and right now. Yeah. Just and, and the way to summarize it is this: if the war for independence. One of the things we did, we said, you can't treat us like this. We're free people. We have an agreement with each other. We're going to succeed from Britain. When we did that, they said, you can't succeed from Britain. That's not happening. They put their troops on the ground. 60 years later, we're doing the same thing with the South. (laughs) In the same way we had ability to secede, we forced. And and it goes back to the whole state's rights again. I know it's way more complicated, but that's the simple short end of it. And this is the same song, 50th, 100th verse, but... In the name of ending one thing, we instituted a worse form of it. Yeah, right. Right? That, right. And that's, that's been ha- has done over and over and over again. Which is part of the complaints we have now. Do, right. Do, and do we think that slavery needed to end? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It needed to end biblically. It did not need to end with the Savior's state yeah. Yeah. stepping in and putting a gun to people's head right. and saying, we will teach you how to be moral. Right. No, that's, yeah. that's, they became priests. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And, and, and you know what, though? And we've talked about ah, this is not where we were going, but <laughs> there is a way to promote freedom so that free people want it. Yeah. Right. And, and, and not yeah. you can't force people in a particular no, way. You can't I, force people into freedom. No. And, and but <laughs> one of the things you can do, though, is make it desirable. Yeah. Right. And so that's what a government is to punish yeah. evil and reward good. Right? right. So if you have the authority over your northern states, make that boundary line, put your soldiers there and say every free human being that right. wants to live free. Make it look good. Yeah. We will protect you right. if you make it here. Right. He, they would have completely destroyed <laughs> the yep. economy and ability to maintain a certain sure. type of environment without having to change. It, That's right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and Both this, sides. And, Both and sides. This Pressure is, would have been brought on. And this is what abolitionists sometimes forget when it comes to pro-life, too. There's a beauty in children. There's a beauty in family. It's in, and so there's a way to promote that yeah. that we can win the argument of of, of prosperity, of wealth, and there's a beauty. There, there's a beauty, yeah, yeah. in the faith in the faithfulness. Yeah. There's a beauty when your children love Jesus with you. That's right. There's a beauty them. when your when your marriage is joyful and glorious, and, right. and, and and so on. It's it's it's, but it really needs to be cultivated. Yeah. Um. And and that I think sometimes is lost. No, I agree. I, I'm just yeah. underlining what you're saying. No, but no. it's just, but on the flip side, you know, Black Lives Matter. What are you doing? You're murdering black people. Yeah. Right, right. You're murdering black babies. Right. You yeah. are at war with the with marriage and ch- childbearing. That's right. Right. That's right. The, the very thing in the name of ending something. Yep. BLM. Mm-hmm. In the name of ending this, you are actually creating far more of it. Well, and they've created hundreds of millions of dollars in economic damage. Yeah. Uh, we said this last time on the show, over 32 people have died, 34 yeah. people have died uh, since the Black Lives Matter right? I mean, yeah. you have this uh, Black Lives Matter, the Democratic Party, the mainstream media, they're all kind of on the same team right now. 
Yeah. And they all want to take, they all want, they want to, the politicalization of justice. They're on the Lakers, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, some, some people <laughs> well, are under duress. Just, just one second. So uh, <laughs> they want to politicize justice. And when you do that, you can just, it, it, justice loses its grounding to truth. Mm-hmm. And then you can will justice in any way you want. That's and exactly they want to be able right. to do that so yeah. they can get power. Right. Which the is not really, is the power. it's not justice, it's just a sword. It's, right. all, it's all they're wielding is it, not right. just weapons. Exactly. But once you politicize it, you disconnect yeah. it from even our, even our constitution, but ultimately God. God's, God's word. Right. And so this is what you have happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This is following off, coming off Johnny Walker's interview yeah, yeah. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. After the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake, yeah. right. there was riots coming. Right. Right. There's several riots that and, happened. And they're handling it with perfect justice now, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, now. Everybody's being really careful. Now there's a there's a kid that got caught up in the riots. He was uh, had yeah. a gun and he, he Kyle Rittenhouse Kyle Rittenhouse and, right. and he had shot some people in the riots. And here's the uh, articulation of the lieutenant governor in Wisconsin about what happened. Going, but we don't need an investigation to know that Blake's shooting falls in a long and painful pattern of violence. And this is a pattern of violence that happens uh, against Black lives too often across this country. And as you all know, we saw even more gun violence unfold on Tuesday night when two protesters were tragically killed and one other injured. Protesters. Someone that wasn't looking to keep peace, an outside agitator, someone who came in from Illinois with a long rifle is able to just walk the streets freely like that's something normal that we should just come to expect. Let me tell you, that's not anything normal. We shouldn't come to expect it. We shouldn't accept it. Because what do you think is going to happen if you have an agitated man with a long gun walking down the streets thinking that he's some sort of peacekeeper? And that kind of behavior shouldn't be enabled either. Agitated so, man. Let, let me, I'm just... Oh, so, man. There's so much here. To oh, unpack. But man. just the first thing that flies in my head, he's going to talk about normal. Is it normal to have the National Guard rolling down your streets because you guys refuse to put is people it, who are destroying property yeah, and harming jail. others in yeah. jail? Is it normal to be burning down car lots mm-hmm. and uh, churches? Yeah. What, what, is I, that normal? That, and so then so they look at Kyle and they're saying, we can't have this. Right. This is partiality. Mm-hmm. They are. Bl- this is what sin does. Mm-hmm. It blinds you from seeing things rightly. Right, yeah. Kyle is, first of all, Kyle was out there giving waters to protesters. He had a med kit to help protesters. He was there. And to he was on video uh, as well as, as, as seen, seen helping protesters seen who helping got people, hurt. Yeah. As well as protecting other people's businesses. So, uh, yeah. Carlot, one of the, I guess he knew somebody, known somebody from there. And so. Again, the situation is not as clear as I would like it to be. I don't know all the things that happened. I wish but Kyle had been to one of Johnny Walker's tactical training sessions. <laughs> he did pretty good. I, I, I mean, I, I, I thought I thought Kyle, whatever, whatever. I thought I, I'm not. You don't think so? Nah. What? What? Why not? What do you I, think? I don't, he, I don't mind him being there. I don't mind him being well, there. I have with, a problem with him being the 17 year old boy. It, I mean. But but like, I mean, if. It, I mean, we, we talked about this when there was when the riots broke out in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of places. I think it was Snohomish. I think it was Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Um, you know, the hillbillies come out of the hills with yeah. their ARs. Yeah. And they stand with the police to protect the city. Uh-huh. Right. I, I'm, you know, part of me, I get a little bit nervous, but nevertheless, I'm like, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. You're, you're protecting right. well, your well, Kyle property. was talking to the cops. They're yes. giving him water bottles. and. But he goes chasing after some guy by himself. Well, we don't know that. Prote- I don't. I don't know if he was chasing after a guy. I think he was running in defense he, from somebody was, chasing him. No, no, no. He, into the car lot? Yeah, into the car lot where he gets the what, what looks like a bag of with a brick in it or something like that tossed at him. Yeah, but I mean, he went running into there. 
He was the yeah. So he got separated from the car lot he was at before. Yeah, I know. I just and think then, that's, that's, I guess, that's bad his, tactical moves. Uh, um, and then for <laughs> however he gets separated, this is where I, I don't know what happened in before How he that got we to saw this, this, this moment. Yeah, all, all, sure. all of Johnny Walker's questions that he, he poses on the, yeah. the Jacob Blake situation apply yeah, but to the, the Kyle about, situation. But, but Kyle yeah. is running away. Yep. He, there's a shot in the air mm-hmm. while he's getting chased by a guy who thrown something at him. And then... Well, you don't know if it's in the air or no, it was him. No, it was in the air. Was it? No, okay. it was in the okay. air. The guy, there's another video with a guy on the side is, that shows that the New York Times did, broke down the whole video. Oh, wow. And so they, they, after they buried the you, lead. You, you trust them? And after they buried the lead, 18, 19 paragraphs down. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's a video. And so you see from one angle, there's a guy who shoots in the air while another guy is chasing him. Now, if you're Kyle and you're running from a guy who just threw something at you and there's a gunshot, what's you your awareness of, oh my goodness, is he shooting at me and he's chasing yeah. after me. Yeah. And so he turns around and shoots the guy and there's like four shots and you can't see exactly yeah. if yeah. all four of those are his. Look, well, should he have been out there at a 17 year old boy in the middle of it? No, he shouldn't have. His been out mom there. drove him there, His apparently. Mom, yeah, and she was armed too, supposedly. <laughs> just, but he yeah, shouldn't have been out there. But, but, I, but, but think I, about I still this. think tactically he needed to be back with his people. Uh, well, he, somehow he got separated from them. That's, I don't, I don't that's know. Bad. That's, that's bad. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, seven, look, we have, why do we have a 17 year old boy in the middle of the street? Doing things that a police officer and the mayor who's supposed to protect their city yeah. and defend their city. Look, if you're going to arrest Kyle for what he did, then arrest all of them. Charge all of them. Yeah. Don't play partial with Kyle and not and not get all these people at the same time. That's true. So whatever Kyle is doing is in response right. to your inability to act. And and yeah. the, and then later yeah. on in the videos, if you're watching the videos about Kyle, of course, he after there's the shooting in the car lot. He actually he, calls he the called police. the cops from right he, there. He, and he runs. Yeah. And you can, he's running down the street, and people are yelling, hey, he shot somebody. Yep. And then some people accost him. One guy hits him with a skateboard. Another yep. guy's coming at him with a handgun yep. who he shoots in the arm. He right. shot this guy with the skateboard and killed him. Yeah, and, and he it, shot the guy in the arm. Or, yeah. Yep. Um, but, I mean, at least there's, there's a little bit more clarity that he's being attacked. Yep. He, he and, was being attacked and, in, and he's in being the attacked with somebody with a gun. Right. But, but um, it is important to know that after he shot the first guy, and I think he killed the first guy he too. Called the cops. He, he called, called the, the cops, cops immediately. And then after, he said, "I and, killed somebody." And then after he shot the, uh, he has the other thing in the street. Right. He's walking down the street, and you can see him holding his hands up as the cops are coming. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, he's he's turning himself in. Clearly yeah. not um, running away from law enforcement. He's clearly not running away yeah. from accountability. No, he's yeah. he's turning himself. I think yeah. he watching that video over and over. I think he had a plan that if this went down, how do I respond? Yeah. That's why he called. He checked in on the guy first. And he's like, he thinks he's dead. He shot him in the head. Um, uh, and he says, I killed somebody. He runs to try and get away from the crowd that's coming after him to turn himself in. I think he had that plan just right. from the way he's responding. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm bothered by, uh, and I know I could, well, not bothered by, something that I know I couldn't do is I could not run towards the police with the AR-15 attached to the front part of my person, even with my hands up. I don't. I don't trust that yeah. I'm going to get the same yeah. type of engagement with yeah. that situation. But, but he had had friendly engagement with, with the cops all, yeah. all through the yeah. night. But he got way too close with the AR-15 to the police, whatever his case had been. And I, I just, especially with a mob that they just got done seeing and him shooting, they they caught that. They were half a block away watching the whole thing go down. You know, so yeah, they didn't appear to. They didn't appear to know that though. Uh, they didn't appear to act on it. Well, they didn't arrest him until later that night. I think. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Well, uh, I, <laughs> my I, point. I, I mean, they, they, like they're just in their cars, and he's sort of like, you know, hey, hey, hey I'm here. He's trying and, to tell him. I yeah. mean, I don't. Uh, anyways, but he's a, getting charged with first degree. Right. I know. I don't think you can. He's charge getting him. charged with first degree. Yes. Wow. I, I don't think you can wow. charge him with well, that. It's interesting that 
The Wisconsin lieutenant governor, though, begins that whole conversation that we just watched him minute ago saying, we don't need an investigation. Right. It's unbelievable. To know. Just, unbelievable. Just by itself. That's, that's insane. Yep. Okay. Um, Coming from someone in that high office. Yeah, lieutenant governor. Yeah. You need to get fired. Yep. Yeah, you, you have no business saying that. You have, it's not true. You're prejudging. But, but this is, you know, you're, you're like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> you know, like like we we, we can cu- we can cut this and splice this and make it say whatever we think it needs to say. Right. Yeah, because whatever happened with with um with Jacob Blake, he was obviously resisting arrest. Yeah, yeah. he yep. was obviously. Yeah. I mean, I I thought to myself, if I'm in this situation, and I have my three kids in my vehicle, mm-hmm. and I I know that the officers have their guns out, and especially in the kind of climate that I think that we're in, yeah. If I think that officers are there to try and do me harm and they hate me because I'm black, the last thing I feel like I'm going to have success at yeah. since they have guns on me resisting is, is going to my vehicle <laughs> yeah. Run to away. open my door yeah, yeah. to try and grab yeah. something. Yeah, That is insane. And, and the whole NBA says, you know what? We don't want to play because they yeah. shot him because he's resisting arrest. That's, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. Johnny Walker said something to me on the phone that I thought was super clear about this made everything clear for me. He said, you know what? If all police officers decided to pull a stunt like the NBA did, you tell me which one would be better off. If they decided to take one day, every police officer in America and not go to work. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What do you think would happen in America? Yeah. Right. So count all the bad things that have happened and put That's them right. together. It's like, do you want to have that day? Right. No. He's like, so they don't have to play. They don't because the stakes aren't the same for them. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and well, especially for guys like LeBron James who are getting paid billions of dollars, and for them to take a, you know, to end the playoffs to lose twenty five percent of their revenue for the rest of the year, it's nothing to him. Right. But it hurts know, the guy on no, the bench. No, actually, hurts actually, the guy playing on the bench. Actually, he uh, caved as soon as the uh, as soon as the owners in the league said we might take away twenty five percent. They're like, oh, never mind, never mind. Let me We're tell playing. you something. We're Ju- playing. My Jewish friends have a threshold. Okay. <laughs> you don't play it, they money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. You can act crazy all you want to. Yeah. When that threshold gets too close, it's like, hey, listen, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, play like we with you and all, because we, you know, we had Egypt and everything. But um, <laughs> you playing my money, Smokey. And well, <laughs> so y'all, y'all go get up there and dribble the that's ball. <laughs> but well, that's, that's well you remember, you remember the old Negro leagues? They played through all this. They played through far worse conditions. Right. Well, actually, than, than what LeBron James right. is supposedly playing through right now. It was them playing that proved the humanity of right. who they were. That's it, right. it would be like that's Jackie Robinson right. saying, "That's it. I'm not playing anymore." Right. That's right. Like, what, what, what was that accomplished? No, actually, like, you play. Yeah, everybody yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, that's exactly right. It, it was actually playing through. Yeah. That actually won. The, um, the narrative. The narrative. Yeah, yeah it was right. a to, it was a being able to show how could we treat a human being like this, right? And, and actually, what they did was they gained sympathy through the same process of before the ball, mm-hmm. desensitized, jam, and converted. Right. right. That's exa- right. And, and, right. and so it, the process is still valid. Sure. It's yeah. like yeah. how can we? He's playing a sport that we love, right. Even though we don't like him, and he's making our team and he's win, good. and he's really good, <laughs> and he's yeah. good, and and they're treating this person like this after, yep. and so it it righteous, righteously jams them. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, I must be wrong about this. Yeah, that's right. That somebody needs to start a, their own NFL or, or oh, NBA man. or Now's MLB that's just completely non, you know, done done away with all the politicization. Yep. And they could even just call it the new Negro leads if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, this, I don't know why the NBA. <laughs> After all this hasn't decided to, you know, where are, why haven't the players made their own banks? Yeah. Why haven't, there is so much, I mean, bleed, 
I, yeah, they're they're rich slaves. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're exactly. rich slaves. That's right, but they're, they don't. They're, right. they're well off, but they but they don't think for themselves. Their mind's not free. No, they haven't been no. set free in their minds to be creative and inventive. Um, but I like your your point about Christian jamming. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and this and all ties together here um, is if you could actually think creatively and think God's going to give us this. I mean, the liberals are way more post millennial than the conservatives Absolutely. often. Right, and thinking. We're not we're not just in defensive mode here. No. We're going to win this. Yeah, we're going right. to take this city. We're going to take this land for the gospel for Jesus. But that means you got to be thinking on the offensive, and you got to be jamming their yeah, categories right. yeah. with the beauty of holiness. That's Amen. right. Okay, and this goes that's back to right. your family point and marriage. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, we got to play through, guys. That's right. That's right. We got to play yep. play through. Yep. Right they, with the mask mandates, with the with the tyranny, overreach, that's limiting right. worship. We got to play through. We that's we right. we are the new Negro leagues. Yeah, and we say we're going to play through. And we well, what, do we, what does that mean? It means we're going to play hard. We're going to do the best we got with everything that God's given us. Yep. Because and, and here's the thing, excellence wins. Yeah. Every Excellence time. wins Amen. every time. And, and, and we got to be able to handle the injustices that are coming along through all yeah. this, just like the old Negro League. Yeah. And when I say wins, yeah. I don't mean like it's a straight line to wins. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the way to path the victory is through a cross. That's right. And through a grave. Amen. Right? But if we're Christians and we know what's on the other side of the cross and what's on the other side of the grave. Nice resurrection. Right? And so, yeah, yeah so that's, that's the thing. So it's, so it's not just easy peasy win. No. Easy peasy play through. Suffer. No, it's play through with your eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. If, it's yeah. play through in your business, play through in your marriage, that's play good, through totally. with your kids, yeah. play through. Because what they're doing is suicide. Yeah, <laughs> what they're doing in the culture right now is absolute suicide. They're shooting themselves in the foot. They're yep. destroying everything that is good. Yep. And so, what do you have to do to counter that? Well, you just got to do something good. That's, yeah. You just you got to love your wife. You just got to love your husband. You got to go worship Ephesians. worship the Lord Jesus on yep. the on Sunday. Yep. Go to work. Work hard. Come home. Collapse. Do it again tomorrow. Yep. Tell the truth. Yep. Confess your sins. Forgive those who have wronged you. Play through. Right. God That's, will bless that. Amen, Toby. That's right. I, I want to say so much. We, I, yeah. we're so good. Uh, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Play through. Amen. Go fight. That's right. Laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics. See you in and Nashville. Those house codes. Paul knew what he was doing. Yeah. He was this, is, this, the, this is the war against the principalities of power. Uh, That's right. We can't That's hear right. that enough. Yeah. What are those fools doing? Now when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls of Christendom, he was greatly enraged, and he jeered. What are those fools doing? Can they restore all these ruins themselves? Will they sacrifice? Do they think they can finish in a day? Will they revive the charred and shattered stones out of the heaps of rubbish? And the priests of modern decay laughed, saying, If so much as a fox goes up on their wall, he will break down their city. So we built our walls. For the people had a mind to work, and in the ruins of the West we laid our foundations. From that day on, half of us worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And those who carried burdens were trained to labor on the work with one hand, and hold a weapon to defend it with the other. And all had a sword strapped to their sides, and a tool in their hands. In the ruins we live, even while we rebuild them. In the ruins we marry and make love and raise children who raise the walls. In the ruins we craft wine and raise sanctuaries and barns. In the ruins we build and we film and we write and we read and we sing and we laugh and play rugby with pumpkins. In the ruins we raise our hands with swords and shovels and bless the Lord 
for the earth is his and all who dwell therein. And each day, by his grace, we are less ruined. Each day our walls and our loves and our songs grow taller. For the city is a living city, and we are living stones.